We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. Welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. If you've been searching for a place to be spiritually fed, you've found it. Like you, we believe the Holy Bible contains the spiritual nourishment we need to become faithful servants to God and help grow His kingdom here on earth. This program is part of an outreach ministry from Shepherd Church. Our pastor is Dudley Rutherford, and we join him right now with his message for us tonight. you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 13, the last chapter in 2 Corinthians. And uh, we have one verse, which is the main verse and the basis for this entire message today. And that one verse is verse 5. And as I put it up on the screen, if you have your own Bibles, this is a verse that you need to circle and underline and put stars and and uh, exclamation marks and underline highlight this verse this is at the end of the the whole series the end of the whole letter that paul writes to the church at corinth he tells them to examine yourselves to see whether you are what he calls in the faith everybody say in the faith he then says to test yourselves do you realize that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. In your lifetime, there are many moments that require you to take a test of some kind. Might be a driving test, a medical test, a SAT exam, entrance exam, eye test, hearing test, all kinds of tests. But in our text today, The Apostle Paul, at the end of really a really long letter where he has been encouraging Christians throughout this entire book not to be influenced by the world, not to live carnal lives, not to live a life like the world lives, he concludes his exhortation by telling the Corinthians, you all need to take a test. And you need to examine your own heart your own life, and your own soul. He's talking about in regards to the things that he's been telling you over the course of this series. I will add that you need to heed these words. You need to take this test because the results of this test are monumental. Your eternal destiny may be at stake. I remember being in school when the teacher would say, hey, we're going to have a pop quiz. Put your books away. Take out your paper and a number two pencil. That put the fear of God in me because. When she said put those books away, this test was going to reveal whether you knew the content or not. There was no cheating. 
Uh, this was going to reveal what you knew. And the grade on this pop quiz would affect your grade for the entire year, which was what really scared me because at the end of the year, all five of us kids, if we had good grades, dad would take us and get a banana split. And it would be hard to sit there and watch your other siblings all eat a banana split. That was the motivation. I want you to know that there's much more at stake than three scoops of ice cream and a boatload of whipped cream. Literally, physically, morally, spiritually, eternity, getting into heaven is at stake with this test. There was an owner of a large warehouse who was concerned about his profit margin and decided to make an unannounced site inspection. So he shows up at the warehouse and he sees a young man leaning up against a wall, apparently doing nothing. The owner walked over to that man and said, how much do you make per week? young man said, I make about $550, $580 a week. The owner reached into his pocket, pulled out $600, gave it to the man and said, you can leave. We don't need you around here anymore. And as the young man walked away, the warehouse supervisor arrived and the owner asked him, how long has that fellow been working for us? The supervisor looked at him as he drove off and he said, he doesn't work for us at all. He's a pizza deliverer boy. The moral of the story is don't jump to conclusions. Don't guess. And in regards to your faith and what you believe, don't guess. Don't jump to conclusions. Not knowing the facts can be eternally hazardous. Instead of putting your books away and taking a test, I want you to get your books out. This is an open book exam. Can someone say amen? Amen. And Lander said, don't accept your dog's admiration as conclusive evidence that you are wonderful. (laughs) Instead, always use the Bible in regards to any questions in regards to your faith. Amen? Amen. So today we're going to take a test, every one of us. We're going to take an exam here today. Paul exhorts us to examine yourself. I don't want you to examine the person on your right. I don't want you to examine the person on your left. You want to examine just yourself. My word of encouragement to you, though, is to be honest today. We come in here with masks, our guard up. We don't want anyone to know what's really going on in here. As we go through this test, I want you to know that it will reveal the rock-bottom truth about who you are and about your faith. There are five parts to this exam. Part number one, write this down, the conversion test. He said in verse five, to examine yourselves to see whether or not you're in the faith. This is the conversion test. Are you saved? Are you a Christian? Are you in the faith? Are you real? Is your faith legit? I have a question. If you died right now, you just killed over dead. Do you know for sure that you'd go to heaven? And if you don't know for sure, you need to make sure today. According to the Bible in John chapter 1 verse 12, to those who received Jesus, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. In John 14 6, Jesus answered, I am the way, 
the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That tells us there are not a thousand different ways to get to heaven. There's only one way to get to heaven, and that one way is through Jesus Christ. And so the two questions, the two questions, I want you to write this down. Is Jesus your Savior? And is Jesus your Lord? Savior, we understand. That's what happened on the cross. You have to recognize that Jesus died on a cross to pay the penalty for your sin and for my sin. The question is, do you believe that? Do you believe in the work that took place on the cross for your salvation? Not not you doing good works to get into heaven, but do you believe in the work of the cross where Jesus died freely for you and for me? Do you believe in that work? Not your own works, but in the work of the cross. And the word Lord means boss, ruler, master. And so the question about that is, your life that you live here on this earth, is there any area of your life where you have yet to surrender fully to Jesus Christ? It really is profound, simple, but profound. Is he your savior? Is he your Lord? If yes, you've passed the test. If no, you have failed the test. I want to ask you a critically important thought-provoking question. I will put it on the screen. Is it possible to spend your entire life in a Christian environment and still not know Jesus Christ? Is that possible? Yes, it is. Paul was raised in a religious home. His life centered around worship services. He went to and attended religious schools. He knew the scriptures frontwards and backwards. He had memorized. He had excelled in his faith. He was a man of integrity. He was morally upright. He was a rising star in the Jewish faith. He became a religious leader, and yet he wasn't saved. He wasn't saved. It wasn't until Acts chapter 9 on the Damascus Road that he was confronted by and met Jesus Christ. He might have been the most religious man on the face of this planet, but he was lost until he met Jesus Christ and made Jesus his Lord and his Savior. The point is, you can be very religious and not saved. You can attend Shepherd Church and not be saved. You can listen to thousands of sermons and not be saved. You can read the Bible, know the Bible, understand the Bible, and not be saved. You can say, I volunteer up there at Shepherd Church and still not be saved. The only way you can be saved is do you know Jesus Christ and does he know you? Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? The conversion test. 
Jesus said in Matthew 7, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. Everybody say, Lord, Lord. Jesus said, many people will say to me on that day, Lord, 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 Lord. Did we not prophesy in your name? In your name did we not drive out demons? In your name did we not perform all kinds of miracles? But Jesus said in verse 23, then I will tell them plainly, I never even knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. It's possible to profess Christ and not possess Christ. You have to understand that. It's possible for you to say, Jesus, 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 and yet really not have Jesus in you. Most important question on this exam is the conversion test. Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? The second part of the self-examination test is called the character test. The character test. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus lives where? In where? In you. Unless, of course, you failed the test. That's, that's the conversion test. If he's not your Savior and he's not your Lord, then he doesn't live in there. But if Jesus Christ is your Savior and your Lord, he lives inside of you. And what he's saying is the character test is that your life your integrity, your character should all reflect the fact that Jesus lives in there. Do people see Jesus in you? Your character should reflect the Christ that's within you, if he's there. And that's what this whole letter was about, that we shouldn't live like the world lives. So you have to do a self-examination, a test. Ask yourself, is Jesus Christ really living in there? Because if he's in there, you wouldn't be living the way many of you are living. Now, in this room right here, we have saved and unsaved folk. That's just the, that's the fact of the matter. Not everybody here saved, right? There has to be some people in here not saved. Would you agree with that? But most of us are probably saved. Would you agree with that? So, in the group, in the group of you that are saved, I'm talking just to those of you who are Christian. I'm not talking to non-Christians. I'm just talking to those of you that are saved. Christians, we can put in four different boxes up here. The first two boxes are the extremes. On one end, we have people here that are spiritually mature. It doesn't matter where they are or what they're doing, they they are living like Christ. But on the extreme, on the other end, we have Christians who are spiritually immature. You say, well, how is that possible? Well, maybe they got saved just last Sunday. Someone came here last weekend for the very first time, heard the sermon, and came down here and got baptized. They're a brand new believer. It's just like my little grandson. He's only been here a couple of days. He doesn't know all that he needs to know, and he's got a lot of dirty diapers. And he's just a, he's just a baby, and we understand he's just a baby. So in this room here, we've got spiritually mature Christians, but we also got a few baby Christians here because they just got saved and they don't. They haven't had enough time to fully develop into a mature. Does that make sense to everybody? Now, in between these two boxes, we've got a couple of other boxes. One, we've got a number of people here that we call growing Christians. These are people that are headed for spiritual maturity. They got saved, and maybe it's been six weeks, six months, six years, but they're on a journey, and they are committed and they are wanting to be more like Jesus. They're not there yet, but they, 
And the way you decide this is to look back like six months ago or 12 months ago, are you more like Jesus today than you were six months ago? That's it. You, you can't really look at it day to day, but you can kind of look at it in six-month windows. Are you more like Jesus today than you were six months ago? And will you be more like Jesus six months from now than you are right now? So we have a group of growing Christians, but there's a fourth box, and these are what we call carnal Christians. There are people here who are saved. You're saved, but you're living carnal lives. You say, what does that mean? Well, that means that you live like the world, you drink like the world, you curse like the world, you party like the world, you think like the world, you act like the world, you look like the world. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 49, Paul said, just as we've all been born with the likeness of the earthly man, we all came from Adam, so shall we bear the likeness of the man from heaven, which is who? Jesus. Even though we're all born of Adam, he's saying wherever we go, we should all be reflecting Jesus Christ. So the two questions on this part of the exam, I want you to write this down. It's one or the other. Are you a carnal Christian here today? Or are you someone who acts like Jesus in all things? Be honest. I want you to circle the word all. Are you like Jesus at home? Are you like Jesus at work? Are you like Jesus on the freeway? (laughs) Are you like Jesus in your neighborhood? Are you like Jesus when you're out of town? Usually we compartmentalize. We segregate God out of certain areas of our life. Oh, it's Sunday. You know, this is the day I go to church. I want God to be a part of my life on Sunday, but God, you can't really go with me on Friday (laughs) or Saturday night. We have these hearts and we have, you know, we have these, we divide our heart. We have church, we have our family, we have our work, we have our hobbies. And what we normally do is we say, God, you can go into the church part of my heart, but I don't really want you into the work part of my life or the hobby part of my life. God, you, the question is this, are you one thing here at church and are you another thing when you go home? Are you the same? Are you one thing here and another thing when you're out socializing? Are you one thing when you're here worshiping the Lord with other believers? And are you another thing when you're home surfing the internet? The question, are you a carnal Christian or do you act like Jesus in all things? Robert Murray McChaney famously said, for every look at yourself, take 10 looks at Christ. And what he meant by that is don't ever compare your life with other people or view things and what you think is right. Always look to Jesus. Let Jesus be your role model. Think and act like Jesus. Walk and talk like Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Behave like Jesus. Respond like Jesus. Live like Jesus. Imitate Jesus in all things. Number three is the continuation test. 
This is are you faithful in good times and are you faithful in bad times? I mean, one day, everybody say one day, we will all stand before an almighty God. How many of you, when you look and you stand before Jesus, you want Jesus to look right at you and say these words to you, well done, thy good and faithful servant. Don't you want to hear those words? The true believer needs to be faithful here on this earth in the good times and in the bad times. This last week, as my grandson was being born, I had to watch the older grandson. He's two. Because he couldn't be in the hospital when all that was going on. So I volunteered. And I took him to the park up here at Cessnon Park. And we had never been there before. And it was cold. But uh, we got up there, we're doing a, a couple of slides up there, and there's a swing. He'd never been on a swing like that. It was, it was fun. Because <laughs> I knew when I was playing with him, I had this other baby being born. Oh, it was so much fun. <laughs> but I'm up there at the park, and this lady goes, Pastor! I turned to look, and this lady was looking at me like, Yes. <laughs> she goes, I go to your church. Never seen her before. I go, you go to my church? She goes, yeah, well, she goes, I haven't been there for two years. You go to my church, but you haven't been there for two years? No, I haven't been there for two years. I said, why have you not been there for two years? You got time to come to park? I didn't say that. She said this to me. She said, my mother died two years ago. And I've not been to church since. Now, when she, she said that immediately in my mind, I, this is what I thought. I did not say these words. But I thought, your mother died and you've not been to church for two years? Do you realize? This is what I'm thinking. Do you realize how many sermons you've missed in two years that would have been a blessing to you? Do you realize how many worship services you have missed where you worshiped and you could actually sense the presence of God in that worship service that you've missed? Do you realize how many prayers of blessings you've missed by not being there at the end of that service? Now, I didn't say any of that, but I did say this. Oh, you should never miss church. Listen, you need to know what kind of Christians we need around this place. Do we need rich Christians and poor Christians? No, I don't really care. Do we need Christians who lean to the right politically or Christians who lean to the left politically? No, not really worried about that. Do we need Christians that are talented or no, don't really care about that? What we need are faithful Christians. Those are the kinds of Christians we need around here. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. 
That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. If you're like me, you've discovered there are some books in the Bible that are not always easy to navigate through. Like for instance, the book of Proverbs. Proverbs contains 31 chapters and can be very daunting to go through if you are looking for a specific topic. That's why Pastor Dudley has created the perfect resource to help you with the book of Proverbs. It's called Proverbs in a Haystack, and it is our special offer for everyone listening today. Proverbs in a Haystack removes the challenge of searching through the book of Proverbs. It has over 2,000 topics that easily cross-reference to the exact chapter and verse you are looking for. This invaluable resource can be yours right now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus radio ministry. You can receive your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack by calling us at 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also order this book directly from our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. We know you will be blessed by this unique resource created exclusively by Pastor Dudley. So be sure to call right now and ask for your copy of Proverbs in a Haystack today. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us tomorrow at this same time as we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.